Welcome to How to Rock the Stage Show, a show committed to equipping you to hone your media skills better to stand out from the crowd as a go-to expert in your field. Each week, Rich Montreger interviews top leaders, influencers, authors, speakers, podcasters, and media professionals about how to leverage media best to help you shine brighter on camera and stage as a go-to expert. Now, here's your host, The Trigger, Rich Montreger. Well, welcome back for another edition of How the Rock to the Stage, The Trigger, Rich Montreger. It's Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, and we're all gathered back around together because, yes, my passion is to help you shine on camera and shine on stage it's all about you and your brand authority, and I love having different guests from all walks of life and different parts of the world now. Part of the fun of doing this streaming content, I can go to anywhere in the world and have great conversations tonight. We're literally on Wednesday Night Live talking on Thursday morning to Australia. How cool is that? Right there. You know you want to stick around for it. Tonight, we're going to talk about some business sense, not just how to do the presentation, the marketing, and both things. We're going to talk about the money side here tonight, and it's going to be nine secrets to grow a business successfully. Who doesn't want to know how to grow their business successfully? I know I do. So we got a great guest coming up. Also, we do want to mention we are proud to be sponsored by the National Speakers Association. The NSA and I have a long-standing relationship, and it's great to be able to have them sponsor this show while I also host and work with them on their behind-the-stage show. So it's a great relationship. Thank you to the National Speakers Association to making this all possible here tonight. Tonight, it is about those nine secrets, and let me give a little proper introduction to our guest from down under tonight, Ethan Cassiotis. He is a business growth expert, investor, international speaker, coach, mentor, consultant, and podcast host. He helps business owners grow and scale their business to create wealth and freedom in their life. Ethan hosts the Business Growth Show, where he interviews successful entrepreneurs and celebrities, including Jay Abram, Bruce Buffer, Nick Bell, and many, many others. He has spoken on stage in front of 1,000 people and 2,500 people in Los Angeles, along with many stages in Australia. And he has personally worked with many of Australia's biggest brands, including Kmart, Target, Westfield, Catch, Coles, and the Department of Defense. But if you ask him about it, that'd have to kill you. So here is Ethan Cassiotis. Ethan, great to see you tonight. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me here, Rich. I'm sure it's going to be a great uh, yeah, show for everyone today. Just so everyone's aware, you're Thursday morning and we are Wednesday night. Does that ever confuse you doing your show? It's an interesting one. Uh, I like to think that we're a bit ahead of you guys in the US is a bit of a joke, but um, you know, being in the future, going, I can, I can let you know what's, what's coming your way. <laughs> So you have a long list of titles, a growth expert, investor, speaker, coach, consultant, podcast. What's your favorite title right now that you like to be known as? Because we talk about branding here. Yeah, I love it. Um, like I think business growth expert, I, I think is the most one where because I really love business. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I had my other business people would come to me asking me questions. So I'm like, why don't you do this, this and this? And I find that my brain, I have a very good memory and I'm very good at connecting dots between things and strategizing on stuff. So if you ask the right question to me, I'm able to access the information from my own experience, from my own coaches and mentors to do that and really help you to take it to that next level. I really love it. It just comes naturally. So that's why, you know, I created that business and really love helping business owners. Do you, do you come from a business family background? How did you fall in love with business? 
I didn't, no. So I, I grew up in uh, a smaller city, uh, Adelaide in, in South Australia here, and parents were high school teachers and uh, wanted me to go down, you know, the, the teaching route. Um, I, I first started selling VCD movies. I don't know if you remember them, but they were on two CDs, um, you know, a, a movie there like Fast and the Furious was one of them. And the first one when it came out and I had one of the first burners, right? CD burners back then. So I'd I made sure that I burnt it for as many as possible, five or six at once, because I knew others might have the burner and, and sell them for like $10. But basically, um, didn't like school. I ended up dropping out of school, which my parents didn't like, um, and then got a job at a young age and, and worked my way up in that company, did a lot of great things. And then the head office in Sydney uh, tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, we want you to move to our head office and be the middleman in our national business development department and, and do a lot of cool things there. And, um, you know, worked on a lot of tenders, a lot of BD stuff and really loved it then and realized that, you know, I didn't have a degree. I worked my way up um, and all these people were talking about their degrees and I thought maybe I needed something. Even it was very challenging for me to study. Um, like my dad, I, like told me literally when I dropped out, he said, you'll never be able to study him having three degrees. And, and my teachers, one of them specifically said, you'll never be successful, right? When I did that. And then, and then my dad, even when I moved to Sydney, said you won't last six months, right? So it was very old school type of limiting mentality there. But if you tell me that I can't do something, I say, watch me. And it was challenging for me to study, but I ended up getting into doing an MBA, a Master of Business Administration, did most of the core subjects, enjoyed it, and then dropped, uh, not dropped out, I um, quit my job. I started my first business, um, Waste Management Consulting, and, and did that and really then finished it and did a lot of entrepreneurship and strategic management type things there. And, and that's what I, I loved it, even though it was challenging. But when you really enjoy something, I think, you know, you, you immerse yourself. And that's when you really know you're in the right um, area there. And then, yeah, that's sort of where it flowed on from. And I just kept, you know, investing in myself, learning from many coaches and mentors and through my own experience. And then, you know, you just grow over time, right? We don't, we're not, we weren't this person always in our life, right? We've, you know, worked on ourselves to get yeah. us to that point. What, what, what a journey to get you to where you are now, that you're a mentor, you're a coach, you're an expert in this area. And so let's get into these nine secrets because you've learned over your experiences, there's nine secrets you believe of growth, of a successful business. We want to make that very clear. This is a successful, financial, stable, growing, thriving business, right? Definitely, yes. These are the nine secrets. So I, I have a, like a fast track MBA system that I call it. So it's like, these are all the nine key areas that if you make sure you do all of these well, you're going to have a successful and sustainable business that's going to continue to grow. So firstly, I have like three sections. There's the design section now, um, phase, which has three parts to it. And this has strategy, planning, and mindset. So these are really key to really design these, the really key foundations to then move forward. And then once we get that right, it's the deal phase. And in the deal phase, we have branding, marketing, and sales. And they all work together to grow the business successfully. But then what you need after that is the deliver phase. And that is your numbers, your systems, and your leadership. And these are really the key areas to make sure that you are successful. You're not just growing the business, but you've actually understanding the numbers, putting the right systems in place and um, being a great leader because we can't do business by ourselves. We need people to help us you know, along the journey as well. So we've only got 30 minutes here, just so you guys are aware. <laughs> it's rapid fire round already. <laughs> Let's talk about mindset, though, because I think, as you said about your own family, that limited mindset. I think it's very pervasive. I think so many people are stuck at mindset, so they never act. How do you get over that? What do you coach? How do you help you with that mindset reset? 
Yeah, I think mindset is the most important because I, I can teach the same thing to 10 different people and get 10 different results. And the reason is because of the mindset, right? We've all got different limiting beliefs and things that our parents or how we grew up that we don't really know, but they're in our unconscious mind. And I gave you some examples of some, you know, from my dad, especially and, and teachers. So understanding what they are. So what is it for you? Do you think business is hard? Do you think sales is hard? Like I'm not good at sales or whatever it is, right? Like what is the limiting thing for you? Um, when you understand that, one key thing that I'll say is I, I have a three-step system, right? That you can really change this very simply is you, when you have that thought, you catch it, you catch that limiting belief and go, okay, I'm, I, uh, you know, I don't like sales, right? Let's we'll use sales as an example. And then then it's like, okay, well, what's the next thing? What's the ideal thing that I actually want, right? Like in there, like maybe what's the opposite of that? Like I'm a master at sales, you know, I enjoy sales, like stack them, you know, like what is it? What's your ideal self that you want to be, you know, believe that. So flip those around and then basically you use it as like an affirmation or an incantation or something where say it to yourself, Say it out loud a few times, or if you're in a public area, you don't want to look a bit, um, you know, crazy, then maybe just say it in your head a few times, um, but write it down. What I do is I write it down on a notes, you know, in my phone, in an app, and then just in my notes. And then every day for a while, I would keep telling myself this every day. Sometimes if you're a visual person, you can write a big one down, right? Like in front of you. So you see it, or maybe record yourself saying it and listen to yourself. Like depending. I love sales. I love sales. I love sales. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting one, right? But it's funny because if you're really, uh, if you hate sales, right? As, as the belief, if you keep telling yourself you love sales, eventually the unconscious mind is going to go, I love sales now. That's just me. And you won't have to tell yourself anymore because it'll be part of you and you watch your sales results will change completely right after that or whatever area of your life or business that you choose to do. And it doesn't always have to be the negative thing. You could just add positive things that you want to believe. Um, but, but I think the biggest shift is when you flip those negative ones into the positive ones, because that could be one difference, you know, that could change your whole business trajectory. I, I, I can remember my first personal job, Paperboy, Indiana, I love making money. I love delivering the papers. I love getting the Christmas goodies from all my people. I hated knocking on the door and asking them to pay me. I hated the fear of, we, we, we had these little tear-off books, and I had to get them a little ticket that they paid me, that proved they paid me. Hated that. I love the money, man, but I just hated the knock on the door. I could have used you about, you know, 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it, it's a great point, right? Because I did a bit of door-to-door sales as well. And I think that's very big character building. I did that um, towards the start of my business journey because you get a lot of no's, right? In that yeah. time, you really have to be okay with that. And most people can't do that. So doing that for at least six months, I think is great because eventually you're conditioned to be like, it's okay. I'll just keep going. You got to really, you know, get yourself in that frame of mind that I just one more, it's going to come. And then eventually you start to make things work because you have to tell yourself, you know, what you want to do and what you want to create. And that's what I would do, you know, as another tip is I'll go into meetings before I go into it and I tell myself what's going to happen. I'd go into these big companies, you know, Westfield and Kmart and Target and that. And I'm like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do this, this, this. They're going to love me, whatever it is that I feel like telling myself. So when I walk into these meetings or before a podcast interview or whatever it is, right, that you do go in with confidence because people feel that, right? I love that. Again, believe it, see it, step into it, create it. It's that whole philosophy of doing that over and over and over again, whatever aspect of life, 
By the way, if you're joining us tonight, you can always ask questions. The chat is open. We're on multiple channels tonight going around the world to Australia where Ethan is at. So please feel free to drop a comment, a question, and join in the chat conversation. Again, nine secrets. Let's talk a little bit about that strategy and planning one because people have big dreams. But again, one of the things they may not be good at is the actual engineering of the plan to get the result they want. Definitely. And, you know, strategy is really the key foundation. Like, What is the direction of our business? Like, what is the vision? What, what do we want to create here? And what is the business model? Like, like how are we going to, to make money? And there's a lot of different elements of strategy because if you're on a ship, um, you know, the Titanic, if you're going a few degrees off, you might hit into that iceberg, right? That glacier and, and you know, um, crash, which we don't want to do. But uh, spoiler alert for the people that haven't watched Titanic. But, um, you know, but that, that can happen, right? So we don't want to be going in the wrong direction. We've got to make sure we're heading in the right direction and we've got a key foundation like a house. That concrete is, you know, filled in right. Um, so then we can build on that. So really understanding that business model, how we're making money, what's the vision, what's our purpose of our business, our mission, our values, how, how do we do what we do, right? Really, really important. And then it's the planning. The planning is that more the tactical stuff about going, we've got this big vision, this big strategy, this business model, how are we going to actually make that happen? <laughs> what are the things that we need to do on a daily, a weekly, a quarterly, a yearly thing? And thinking into the future more as well, like what's the ideal outcomes that we want to achieve and then we work backwards. Let's go back to like 90-day plans and work it back into weeks and days. So we're not just doing the standard things in business. We're actually doing the things that's going to grow the business, right? It's not just doing the technical thing. Like if you're a, are a plumber, you're you know unblocking drains. It's like, how am I creating partnerships? Or how am I growing the business to get more clients? Or how am I you know putting systems in? The planning stuff, depending on where you're at in your business. Now, you're giving us nine secrets to that business success. I'm also imagining there's a team within that business success because most of us cannot wear all these hats that you're describing. Like I'm a visionary, I'm a planner, but I am not always the best implementer, the detail person. I need that team to flush it out. Where's that team concept coming here within the nine? Yeah, definitely. That's in the leadership section. Uh, so that's in the deliver phase where leadership comes into it because you're right. You can't do it all by yourself. Um, and you, you know, at the start, if you are by yourself, you can't, it's, it's very challenging to wear all of these hats, yes. right? Like you only have a certain amount of time. So as you grow, whether it's, you know, virtual assistants or specific people locally that you work with, depending on what you do, um, then you, you need to grow and you need to actually become a leader because people need to follow you. They want to be able to follow you and go, oh, I, I like, you know, the, the behaviors that Ethan is demonstrating the way he does business. We've got some great values here and the way I enjoy going to work. And yes, I would follow Ethan into battle, so to speak, or on, on you know, to achieve our mission. That's really what it's about, right? Is getting people involved in that purpose, that mission with those values and understanding that we have to have like a philosophy and, and a, a leadership is, is more about empowering the people below us. It's, it's giving them the credit, I would say, right um and oh and we take all the blame right if something goes wrong it's because we didn't train them right it's not because that person didn't do it right even though you may think that but we need to take it off the blame if that's okay how do we make this better how do we put better systems in place to make you better and then you know when they do something great like even if we were the strategist and we came up with the idea and they implemented like well done for doing that yes. because we needed them to implement that as well Visionary leaders, which I've hung out with many, I've, I've had the privilege of leading, being a part of. I th think the phrase you just brought up is 
it, if, it do, if it goes bad, you have to take it. I've coached people. You lead it and you take the hits. You protect your people so they can keep down in the trenches. They can keep moving forward. But if they take the hits and you only take the accolades, they're jumping ship pretty quick. Part of being a visionary leader is saying, I'm here, good, bad, and ugly, and I will protect my team. I think it's a golden nugget that you put that here because a lot of people miss that within this list successful business strategy they just want to make the money they don't think about the other side that this is going to hurt sometimes that's right and especially now where you know the current financial climate and and i know in australia and i'm sure it's all over the world that the job rate is quite low here so it's, it's very hard to find talent good talent you know locally and then you try and find people overseas so you really need to create a great culture in your business so people want to stay Otherwise, they're going to be like, why would I want to be here? It's a, it's a crappy leader. I'm going to go to this other company and see what they're like. You want to be like, if someone approaches them, go, you know what? I love Ethan. I'm not, I'm not leaving him. Like, I'm enjoying it here. So it's in your best interest to do this to grow your team. All right. Now let's get into what we love here at Rock the Stage. Well, let's talk about the branding, the marketing, things like that, that will help generate the sales we're talking a lot. Well, break it down a little bit. Huh? Help us out. What's the best way to... Get that branding and marketing engine going well. Yeah, I love it. Um, this is very key, of course. And branding is really the first step. And a lot of people don't think about this where, you know, we have a brand and, and the stats show that it's like 77% of consumers buy based on the brand, right? So this is massive and they need to be able to trust the brand to buy from it. So, it, you know, we all have a brand. We have a personal brand and we have a business brand and even potentially a product brand um, as well. So understanding that us as a person, even our LinkedIn profile is a personal brand. Then you can go to the next level and build your own website and do other things with your personal brand. So there's one element there. And then you have your business brand, you know, if you're calling it a particular name and, and there's, there's benefits with having both. And, and I think a personal brand is really important because in the end, you know, if we, if we touch on the sales part as well, is that people buy people. They don't buy products and services. Yes. Remember that, right? So yeah. if you've got 10 people offering the same thing, why are they going to choose you over the other 10 people? So this is where your personal brand comes into it. How are you elevating yourself? Do you have a podcast? Are you getting on podcasts, right? Are you getting on that interview? Are you surrounding yourself with influential people, potentially some celebrities? Are you speaking, whether it's virtually like this, are on stage are you an author are you getting into articles like are you do you have testimonials that show that you know what you're doing and you got client results there like all of these build up your authority in your personal brand so that's how you're going to differentiate yourself for everyone out there going oh, i really like what ethan's doing like none of these other guys really compete because ethan's on this other level who want this i want to chat to ethan because this sounds even better well and everything you just described is not expensive for you to be the brand, as you're describing, you are the brand. Ethan is the brand. Trigger is the brand. Whatever it is, you are the brand. To be on a podcast, to be interviewed in a magazine, to do some of these things, they're not really expensive, but far too many people are not doing them. So you're right. When you step out and do some of that, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire that's already going well, and there's a separation that happens. That's what you really want as a business strategist, right? You want to get the separation away from everybody else. That's right. So how you position yourself and position your brand, there's a whole things around that. But then once you've got an element of your brand, then it's about the marketing engine, right? It's like, how are we attracting leads to us? And I think uh, I, I heard a great analogy about it's like a chair where a chair needs four legs, right? A normal chair, at least. 
to stand. So have you got at least four methods where you can attract leads to yourself? So, you know, as an example, like, you know, you might have an ebook. I've got an ebook, right? Or multiple ebooks. That could be one method. It could be, um, you know, your podcast or one area there. It could be like other elements that you have different lead magnets to get people or, you know, ads that you run, you know, landing pages, events. There's a lot of different areas, ways that you can get leads. So understanding, you know, you don't just want to have one lead source. Like you don't just want to have Facebook ads, for an example, because what happens if, you know, Facebook shuts down tomorrow? It shut it down for like a few hours. I remember like a year or two ago and like, you know, what happens, right? What happens is your account gets suspended for a short period of time that you don't know about, right? So you need to protect yourself, risk management mentality here to have leads coming from different areas. And then ideally having like a CRM system, this gets into the systems area, but having a CRM system where you can manage that understanding where they are in that marketing and sales process and then getting them through to the sales section um, so you can yeah, close those deals. So since you brought up systems, let's go into numbers and system. This is the part everyone hates about business strategy, about business. I've had people ask me, do the numbers really matter? How many likes, how many this, how many responses, how many opens on your email? Yes, they matter, don't they, Ethan? They definitely matter. And um, I always don't like to do absolute words because I'm, I'm an NLP master practitioner with mindset. So you said everybody hates numbers and systems. I wouldn't say that because some people do love them, but it's probably a, a very small percentage of, of people. I mean, that's the people that we want, right? The people that love that stuff to yeah. be able to help us um, in our business. But yes, a, a majority of people, um, especially, you know, they may not understand them and, and you know, it, they can be challenging. So it's numbers first. Like what are the key number metrics in, you know, Rich mentioned some there, but like, uh, what is like, how many leads are you getting? What's your, your cost per lead if you're doing an ad strategy? Like, um, like yeah, some of your social metrics about how, how that reach is going. Um, how many clicks are they doing? Um, it could be like your conversion percentage is a, is a massive one. When you get on, let's just say as an example, on a call with someone um, to, you know, sign them up to your product or service, is that then, um, you know, converted into a client? So what's the percentage, right? That you, you convert that. You know, lifetime value is a great one where what's the lifetime value? They might buy multiple times from you. So one client, not, not all of them will, but if you work it out on an average, you know, if, if you've got a $3,000 product, which is an example, but then you may have a ten dollars or $20,000 thing that people can do, but maybe the average is like 15, you know, 15,000 or maybe the average is 8,000 because some people go to that, some people don't, but that's really what each client's going to cost. So you start to understand and predict things with numbers and, there's always the saying, what gets measured gets managed or what gets, you know, and then what yeah. gets managed really gets improved, right, at the same time. So you got to know what your baseline numbers are and then go, okay, where's the issue in this process? Understand your client journey and go, what numbers are we not hitting? What numbers do we need to hit? Re reverse engineer it, right? If we need to make $100,000, $1 million, $10 million, whatever the number is, how much do we need to sell, right, in there? And then go, okay, well, how many leads do we need? What's our conversion? You can really work it all the way back to the start of the process and then go, well, we need to get this much into the, the funnel, so to speak, or into the process um, to do that. And then it's, you know, working with those systems um, there. So that's the numbers side of things. And then, you know, with systems, it's, it's about understanding, well, yes, we can get people to do stuff for us, but let's automate things. Let's get processes in place. Let's get software systems to be able to do a lot of the heavy lifting for us. Cause you know, it's gonna be a lot cheaper for us. Instead of hiring 10 people in our business, we could hire five people in our business and get systems to work for us. Or it's also from a risk management perspective. So what happens if somebody leaves your business? 
do you have processes in place that somebody can easily step in and do that and follow those processes? Or is it just in everybody's head? And then that way you could be screwed, right? You know, if people leave your business. So understanding that you've got to, you know, record all of these processes and systems in your business and go, okay, what's the software tools out there that's going to help me? I mentioned, you know, CRMs, you probably want a project management system to manage your tasks, you know, with your team like that as well. Um, you know, electronic signatures, there's so many different types of systems um, out there. You know, obviously an accounting system um, you need to, that, that helps with your numbers as well because you can run your, your profit and loss reports, your balance sheets and your cash flow statement reports. You have to work it out manually um, and, and do all of that. So there's a lot there, but think about um, these. This is really where the key is, because when you start looking at these numbers, then you can go, OK, I need more of this. How do I get more of that? And where you focus your time and energy. And one of the numbers you didn't mention, but I think it's becoming more and more important. How many touches, Zoom meetings, emails to get a close? How long of a journey is that customer journey now? If you can figure out what that customer journey is, you can set your people up knowing that it's three, that it's five. Do you work with that a lot? Do you help people understand that there is a number for their industry, for them that can help them? Or is that not a heavy factor for what you do? Yeah, definitely. It is It is a great point um, in the journey. The, the touch points are there. And the, the stats are showing that we need more touch points now to build you know, the like, know, and trust, especially factor there. So yeah. gone are the times where it was like three to five. They, they're saying it's potentially 12, uh, sorry, yeah. 20 touch points, right, that we need before someone buys with us. So just someone, because they liked our posts and then you know we got on the phone with them or, or a Zoom call doesn't mean that they're going to buy from us straight away. They need to see multiple posts on social media, they see multiple emails that maybe you're messaging them back and forth. Maybe you're having multiple conversations or by the time you get them into that conversation, that first one, you've had so many touch points in there that they're like, okay, yeah, cool. Um, you know, I, I trust Ethan now, Rich now. And, um, you know, with everything like that, I see what they're doing um, that. So definitely measure that in, you know, in your process. And I was, I was talking about that client journey because yeah, it's like, um, it's like going out on a, on a first date with someone, right? Where, um, you know, some most people don't want to sleep with the person on their first date because they look, you know, it's like, this is not really a long-term thing. Some people might like that, but most people will not do that. And it's, it's, a, it's a bad strategy, I think, if you want a long-term relationship with someone, whereas you want to wine and die, you want to go out a few times, you really want to get to know them a little bit first. And then, you know, you might think about sleeping with them and, and having a long-term relationship. It's the same in business. Don't, you don't must watch my 2 p.m. live today, but that's almost right on my 2 p.m. live. Congratulations. You, 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 did, you did your research well today. Um, <laughs> let's talk about leadership. because it, it all rises and falls. And one of the things that I've learned in leadership is often the leader is the lid on the organization. Often as much as we want to lead, we limit it. We hold it down. We don't lead well. We don't communicate well. Talk about the importance of leadership in growing and scaling a great business. Yeah, it's a great question. And, and this is really the biggest one because the thing is, is we're really good at what we do. And the fact of the matter is that the people that work for us are likely not going to do it as good at us, as good at us, right? So being, if they do it 80% as good, that is a great result. <laughs> Don't expect them to be as great as us because they're not, everyone's different, right? And you want to put in the processes in place so they can do the job as well. And there's going to be a few mistakes and you've got to improve that over time. They do 80% as well. If you get another person, that's 180%, right, of output there. And you can keep adding 80% as you grow on. So be aware of that. 
And I guess the key, the, the biggest difference, you know, of a mindset of a leader that's got a very successful bigger team and one of a smaller leader is actually letting go, allowing people to go, oh, I really like this or and I really enjoy this or I don't want other people to do it because they might stuff it up, right? Where it's, it's like, you know what? I need to let this go and pass it on. Yes, there might be a few challenges or whatever. They might not do it as well as me, but it doesn't matter because a lot of these other tasks are not really where I need to be focusing on. Because as the leader in the business, we need to be focusing higher level on the strategy of the business because we can't always do the same thing always because there might be competition copying us. We need to innovate the business. We need to to change. We need to you know, add new products and services maybe. There's so many things that we need to be thinking about. The revenue generating activities, right, as a leader as well, is more of the things, not just the day-to-day on, you know, setting up a you know something small on the side or editing a video or something like that, right? Like that's not going to help grow the business, editing the video. Yes, you know, it will indirectly through there, but focusing on the more higher level tasks, understanding what those higher level tasks are and then allowing others to help you and, and relinquishing that control. It's the scariest thing for a leader to hand off the ball. It's the most liberating and best thing for your business to hand off the ball. You will clone yourself. You, re, you will replicate. And especially in this day where you are the brand, you have to stay in that brand. You have to stay at the front center of your business. You can't be on the floor doing everything anymore. So if you are not cloning and replicating and cross-training, you are setting yourself up for failure from the very beginning because you'll never hand it off, will you? That's right, definitely. Um, <laughs> and, and I would say just from a numbers perspective, like look at offshoring people, some virtual assistants or some other people initially because you know, depending on the countries that have lower cost of living, that can help you to hire someone initially in a role without having to pay a few more times the cost potentially in your own country. It's not to take money away from people because I think that you need a combination of local as well as online people, depending on the business. There's a lot of factors there, but get somebody in for a lower cost that can still do the job well, and that will then allow you to grow more and then you know hire more people as well. Ethan Kathy Otis is with us here today, and... He has a gift for everybody. We're going to bring this up right now and let you see. We're going to take you to his website. Really easy here, Ethan. They're going to scan that QR code. They're going to go to your website. And what do they get when they go to your website? Yeah, I've got my uh, awesome ebook, which is the six keys to a bulletproof business mindset. So go on there, check it out. Um, And uh, yeah, some awesome stuff about, you know, I talked a lot of mindset stuff now and I go deeper on a lot of these strategies to really have that real key business mindset. Um, And I also... Um, you know, through that as well, I also have my business growth summit. So if you want to get a, some free taste and learning more about these nine secrets to growing a, a business successfully, I have a, a, a virtual event um, that I do called the business growth summit for a couple of hours. And it's, it's in the morning. It's a similar time to now, right? Of the, of the day. So it's sort of in the evening in the US, which is the morning here. So it works well for the US too. Um, if you go to businessgrowthsummit.com.au, Go there um, and, you know, that one will show you a lot more. Like the ebook will be great on mindset, but I'll show you all of these nine areas and go much deeper um, than we have today just due to having more time. Um, so that would be a really powerful one. And obviously, um, yeah, follow me on socials as well. Um, I'm all on the, the main platforms like Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, uh, you know, Instagram and YouTube with my show as well, um, my, my podcast. So uh, there's a lot of great value out there. So, yeah, feel free to reach out um, on any platform. I'd, I'd love to have a chat and see if, um, yeah. I can yeah, all those streaming along. There's a long list in the chat for you to go mine, surf, connect, have a great time. Ethan's great to, to have uh, a conversation with. Uh, and again, he is a business strategist, investor, 
international speaker, mentor, consultant, podcast host. You do need to check out his podcast. Go find the one where Ethan interviewed me. It was, you know, we had a fun time, didn't we? <laughs> we did have a fun time. It was a great episode. Definitely check out Rich's episode on my podcast. Ethan, Cassiotis, what's your final say? What's the best tip you can give everyone as we wind down the conversation tonight? Yeah, I would say that step into your true identity. Who do you want to be in the future? And believe that you are that person now. And what are the beliefs that you need to have? And then once you step into that identity, I am this, and you have that beliefs, that's what's going to be the thing that's going to take you to that next level in your business. I love it. Ethan, thanks for being with us early morning over in Australia, seven o'clock here on the East Coast in, in America. But thanks for taking the time to be on Rock the Stage tonight. Thanks, Rich. That's going to do it for this edition of How to Rock the Stage. But I do want to let you know we have something special coming up. And I am really, really excited. And I want your help. Uh, we are going to be having a part of the National Stutter Awareness Week. I have battled a stutter all my life. I have made a career in broadcasting, television, interviewing. I love what I get to do, but the stutter still remains. Every year, I help support National Stutter Awareness Week. We're going to do an I Stutter Week. Many of you know about 2 p.m. Live with the Trigger. I want to find people that have a stutter, have overcome a stutter. You have a story about a stutter? I'd like to put you on my 2 p.m. Live show and be a part of that. The easiest way to join in on this conversation as we share this out globally Send me an email, rich at richbontrager.net. That's rich at richbontrager.net. Would love to have you contact me, share your story, and let's help raise awareness. Let's educate people. Let's inspire people because stuttering is really not something we should be afraid of. We just have to learn to accept it, embrace it, and work around it as I have and countless others have. You'd be amazed as we go through that week coming up on May. You're going to learn about people that you know, admire, they have a stutter, and you're going to learn something new. That's going to do it for this edition of How to Rock the Stage. Again, I'm the Trigger Rich Bond Trigger. you want to learn more about us, go to rockthestagemedia.com. Until next week, I'm the Trigger. Thanks to Ethan for being with us, and we'll see you here once again next week at 7 p.m. live.